You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. It's that nine to five time feeling life. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we're going to break down the G1 tournament. We're going to talk about Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston 10 years later. And then we're going to talk about maybe even shit on the Raw reunion this week on the Band from Ringside podcast. Short and simple, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it real simple. (laughs) Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel live. Hello, Marks. Welcome to another edition from the Band from Ringside podcast. I'm your special guest host, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. No, AKA. I'll save that for uh, the guy that's usually sitting in this chair. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast, episode 116, volume 3, verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat to my right. Normal chair to my right, my man AC, two beer Zach Pullman. Talk to me, Zach. What's going on? Oh, man, not a lot. Uh, I did get a message from uh, from Bo, and uh, I am going to use an AKA tonight. And we're. I know. You know I, I know. I'm not jealous. I, I wanted to set, we set you up, you know, put you over first before you. Uh, you you dropped the bomb on me. Go ahead. It's pretty fitting because uh, you know all of Bill's closest friends are stabbing him in the back. So mm. uh, I am Zach Pullman, aka at two kayfabe. <laughs> nice. That's a Shakespeare <laughs> joke, guys. Yeah, I was about to say we're not always lowbrow over here. Every now and then we don't go for the low hanging fruit. Welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast live from Shock City Studio in nice. Semi balmy St. Louis, Missouri, downtown St. Louis. It was 91 when I pulled up. Not too stupid, not too hot. We are having our usual band from Ringside podcast. Sam the Marlar Mall, Mr. Perfect is in the house behind the wheels, taking care of business. A lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. Let's talk about first things first. Let's do the bills first. First thing, sponsor wise, Soul Taco is our first sponsor. Several places to go, several places to bang up some Korean, Mexican, Korean food. Burritos, tacos, quesadillas, pot stickers, you name it, they got it. I'm a big fan of personally of the double meat steak burrito i know zach bangs up god knows the, what i do the uh, beef bulgogi extra meat i love the double meat but then i i feel like i can like eat another one if i just get extra meat so i do that and then uh if i do tacos i uh, usually go spicy pork i love the spicy pork see i'm usually pretty hungover so i need all the uh the carbs the meat i can get my grubby little hands on several locations to get so taco from the day one is sponsor downtown well not downtown in the loop down from my house you might be see me there drunk and we Stumbling in, trying to get some uh, food. Uh, Columbia, Missouri, Chesterfield, Missouri, Champaign, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois. Two food trucks doing their due diligence, usually on a Friday. Go check them out, Soul Taco. Tell them Bam from Ringside sent you. Our second sponsor this evening, JJ Twigs on Southampton, 5600 Southampton, part of our Southampton uh, independent chain of restaurant tours. Look, I know Bill likes to sneak in to J.J. Twigs, and that's all well and good. 
He's gone for two weeks. It's free game, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to be scared. Hell, you could go in when he's usually there on a Sunday, probably hungover like he usually is, usually trying to catch up on some NFL, what NFL is betting going on. NBA is stopped, but I know when the NFL comes around, he'll be there at bar side waiting for you to come up and bother him, give him all kinds of grief of how his bets are going south. Maybe he'll uh, slip you a gift card or some tongue. Actually, thank you. Nice segue. Your boy, JCB, has two gift cards in his possession, ready to give out. If you are in the local area, if you hit me up on Twitter at BFRJCB, hit my boy up on the Twitter at BFRZach, all lowercase letters with an H, we will slide you, dare I say, expedite you a gift card from JJ Twigs, from me to you, from us to you. Hit us up on Twitter, JJ Twigs Southampton, telling that band from Ringside sent you. Now, we've paid the bills. There is other things to discuss. Sunday, Glory Pro, be there. Myself will be there. Lucha Chris, obviously, who is not here, he is taking care of the Glory Pro business. We will be there Sunday, July 28th at, make sure I'm saying this correctly, one plaza, one Columbus Plaza, Collinsville, Illinois. The doors are open at 2. The matches start at 3. If you are a local wrestler, Ricky Steamboat will be there at 12 o'clock to do a seminar. You can come in and learn from one of the greatest wrestlers that I have ever seen with one of the greatest Rivalries, Flair, Steamboat. Those three matches, I'll put that against any three matches, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. His match against Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3, one of the greatest WrestleMania matches. Now put that anyplace, anywhere. You want to learn from the learning truth? Get your ass over to Glory Pro Wrestling at One Columbus Plaza. Ricky Steamboat will hold a seminar. You can learn from the man himself. $75 to get that seminar. You could do a meet and greet at 2 o'clock with Ricky Steamboat. Picture op, sign photographs, that's 40 bucks. And then, of course, we will have an amazing show of Gory Pro Wrestling. Main event you will have for the Gory Pro title, Paco, Eddie Kingston, Kurt Stallion, triple threat match. I know BFR Bill would love to see that shit because he is the lover of triple threats. Two of those three guys were here in this studio. Okay, so don't sleep on Glory Pro. Don't meet me there. Beat me there. July 28th. Doors open at 2, show open at 3. Come up, come see your boys at the booth per usual. We are giving out the usual stickers, shirts, all that good stuff. You show us that you subscribe, you get the free goodies. Second, obviously, we led off with the VWN Network. We are now a part of the Visionary Wrestling Network. I'm not going to try to do the motto, the motto, the motto. But you get the point. If you follow us on whatever little um, podcast platform you go with, Spotify, uh, Podcast Addict, iTunes, whatever the case may be, you can still go to Band from Ringside at your space bar and you can still get us. But now, as part of this family, go to Visionary Wrestling Network 
subscribe to us if you don't, and then subscribe to the other wrestling and UFC podcasts that are part of our new podcast family. View from the top rope. My man Mags has had me on why we watch pod great pod for just for guys that just watch wrestling It's an hour of just talk for just fans ufc guys go check out my boys five rounds pod all ufc all the time every freaking week go check us out like i said listen share subscribe repeat third Portion. I know, I know, I'm going long, but I got to get it all out. I got to get it all out, and then you can take it, and then we can go to the three count. The third portion of business is the prediction race. Oh, it has been this, a big is, fucking deal. It it's a big fucking deal. It has been discussed because it has been kind of thrown back and forth. Who's doing what? My man Top Hat. What's up, Top Hat? My nigga. Yeah, I said it. That's my nigga, okay? We go back damn near 15 years. That is my nigga, okay? I get to say it. What's up, Top Hat? He is vested in this race. So we have the final standings for season two, and we have the standings for season three going from Extreme Rules and, if I'm not mistaken, Money in the Bank, because that's where we stopped. I don't want to hear it. That's where we started last year. I already saw it. I don't want to hear it. Okay. So, (laughs) spoiler alert, those who saw it, saw it. Those who didn't will go kind of backwards leading up forwards. In not even last place, but when Vice took over for me when I was going to the Royal Rumble, Vice scored 25 points, which is a solid 25 points, all numbers considered. Gucci Chris scored 64 points. Coming in about two-thirds of the way in, I think that's solid for Gucci Chris. The placebo group scored 84 points. Yeah! So that is a combination of Sam... Um, Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Um, Wally Pip. Wally Pip, whomever it is. Whoever was stuck here at the time for that 30-minute episode, 84 points. So now we'll start with the the three. Coming in last, that's Bill Vagie at 131 points. Not surprising. No, I won't say not surprising because you weren't too... I was not. Too far ahead of him. I had to get it out there because uh, I was not. It was a disappointing disappointing showing. Okay. I was going to say... Not too far behind him. I was going to say what? Not too far ahead. One, wait, I'm saying one fifteen. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go back. I wrote it down incorrectly. It doesn't matter. Zach's second. I'm Your almost, boy is in first. Done. I'm almost done. Like, doesn't matter. Hush up. Nothing. Nothing makes sense. Hush up, goddamn it. I don't know why this is our metric. Hush up, goddamn it. I feel it. like when AEW starts, it's just go to AEW yeah, yeah, yeah. predictions because at least those motherfuckers will make sense. Right Bill, now, 113. Zach, 116. Very, very close to the chop. JCB, 131. So back where I said I was going to be a year ago, goddamn it. I told you I was coming back for the title. The smark of the Covenant Championship comes <laughs> back home. And I'm telling you right now, if I ever get a chop, I'm going to earn it. Because I'm going to rub this shit in for this calendar year of a victory lap. The champ is here, goddammit. Now, moving forward. <laughs> 
current standings. We'll go bottom to forward again. Placebo Group is at 11 points. Two Beer Zach Pullman's at 17 points. Gucci Chris is at 18 points. And then tied at the top, JCB and the absent, Bill Vagie, somewhere in Germany. God bless you, Bill Vagie. Have a great time. Bang up all the beer. Make sure you wear pants. Otherwise, you know Aaron is going to fuck with you. Thoughts to beer Zach Pullman. Thoughts on the standings? Thoughts on just... All three things, VWNs, thoughts on the standings. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's exciting to be part of VWN. There's some really great content creators uh, out there. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward. I've listened to a couple of these guys, and they put out great content. So, you know, if you got some extra time, we appreciate you listening to us. Definitely listen to those guys, too. I know, like, on my commute, like, I don't even listen to music anymore. I just fuck with wrestling podcasts. So, um Maybe audiobooks every now and then. So that's exciting. Uh, happy to be part of that family. Uh, the standings, again, WWE <clears throat> is so illogical. I'm not going to make excuses. Don't make excuses. I'm not making excuses. I didn't. Just just do like I did. Just congratulate me like I did last year. <laughs> and let's move along. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. I, Thank I, you. I, High five. I, I stole it. Oh, yeah. I stole it from you last year with the bullshit. Yeah. Um, this was... At one point, I was in last place, and... Sam and I were tied for last place, and we were getting laughed at. And I looked at you guys, and I said, "Don't worry about it. I'll be back." Yeah, and I'll be back on top. One last thing, because it's kind of funny, just because I like to go back on, it, and then we can start with the three count. There was at one point where you know how Bill loves the coup de grace, and I love, and I say this in the very lovingly sarcastic way possible. He said. And maybe this might be a Twitter poll that we can put out there um, as long as we put it, get it done. BFR JCB on Twitter, BFR Zach, lowercase letters, BFR Lucha Chris, AWOL, BFR Bill, AWOL, all on Twitter, BFR Pod on Twitter. Maybe we could put this on Twitter. Bill said that he, if he lost, he would take a coup de grace from Lucha Chris. Oh, God. That, so That sounds incredibly unsafe. So is this two chops and... A coup de gras? I don't think we should hold him to the coup de gras thing, like unless we check out. Like, now, uh, now he said it was, you know, it was the worst finisher. It, you know, it doesn't look like it hurts. I just gotta see yeah, what his she, healthcare plans see, like. You pussy. Let's. I would say let's put to this test. But. Just being realist, we have terrible healthcare here in America. <sighs> I don't want Bill to be out of commission. It's fine if he's out traveling, but like, imagine if like Chris puts him out with the fucking coup de gras. Fuck that. Man. Fuck it. Let's get to our three <laughs> count. All right, three count. We'll start with the Raw reunion. I know some people love it, some people hate it, some people are in the middle. Who, who loves it? Well, there are no, there are some people that do love the Raw reunion. It is a, a nice trip down memory lane for those who like that Raw reunion. I am not mad at you. God bless you for it. I am a personal believer of not of a Raw reunion kind of guy. I like to stay on the storyline. Let's focus on the big picture. Uh, that's to me what the the Hall of Fame is. If you want to do a trip down memory lane, that's what the Hall of Fame is. Another story for another time. I think the most important thing coming out of this is probably Bray Wyatt making his appearance in close to the third hour where Mick Foley was at in the middle of the ring. The 24-7 title runs through the ring as usual. And Bray Wyatt, oh, no, I'm sorry, that Mick Foley is staying there and he's trying to put that over. And the next thing you know, the lights go out and Bray Wyatt pops up. And different from it was what it was last week where 
it was a sister Abigail. It was different this week where he put the mandible call on Mick Foley and then put him out. With the hurt glove. With the hurt glove. So now, to Pierre Zach Pullman, I know you're down on WWE. I know you I'm pretty sure you didn't watch it. But you know what's funny? I watched every fucking minute of this. You did watch that. I'll I take that back. You saw every yeah. minute. I'll I was, take that back. You did watch that. I was stoked. I had a great summer day, right? All right. So, like, I take the kids uh, to the movies. We saw The Lion King. Awesome, right? Leave, go home, grab some lunch, take the kids to the pool. And we go to the Y. We go to the pool for, like, three hours. Lots of hot moms there. It was great. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> come back, eat dinner, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, like, grilling. Like, so I'm like grilling. It's summertime. It was a nice day. It was like 80 degrees. It, it was, was nice. It was, yeah, nice it was a lovely out. day. I'm like pounding natter days. Like, uh, like fuck natter days because they were going to like take food out of my family's mouth, but really they're fucking delicious. Um, anyway, uh, pounding natter days. And then I'm like, you know what? Raw reunion's on. I'm going to watch it. And so I got pull it up. I pull up a stream and I watched every minute of it. And here's the reason because I actually thought I had faith. And this is the thing. Like, I expect. I expect not much, and then, like, I'm still let down, and I put that on Friends of BFR. But what I thought that they might do with this, because we just had Raw 25 not too long ago, right? right. Biggest Raw uh, in recent history. They go over 4 million viewers. This is the biggest Raw in, in recent history. But they they were 3 million all three hours. Yeah, but they were still down a lot. And so uh, it just, like, goes to tell you that they're not only just losing – Regular viewers, they're losing even those nostalgia viewers. But anyway, uh, I thought that they might use this show to actually put over some new talent because I'm like, we just did Raw 25. They didn't really do any like cool angles. The only angle, like you said, was the Bray Wyatt McFoley angle. And that was what I thought the whole show should have been is new talent going over old talent. Now they can't all take bumps. I understand that. And I think that was kind of the. I don't know if that was the plan going in, but a lot of guys couldn't pass medical. Go yeah, ahead. absolutely. Yeah, and we saw the the twenty four seven title change hands a bunch of times, which was kind of expected. I expected that. We had a phantom change, which we haven't had in a really long time, because Pat Patterson couldn't be cleared for medical, right. so Gerald Briscoe went over him. Uh, like, and they're just like, "Oh, Gerald Briscoe is the champion now," so they did like a phantom change. But this should have been a show. You guys are doing this to get viewers, right? So you're doing it to get a spike in the ratings. But they only did it for a spike in the ratings. Like, they did nothing to set up any future events. There was no SummerSlam angles. Like, you think that you have more eyes on your product than you're ever going to have again. Why not pitch that viewership a future event that they might want to watch instead of this being the only one that you would ever want to watch because your favorite old people are on it? Like... That's the thing that just annoyed the fuck out of me. I'm not, like, one for nostalgia. I did love the Austin stuff. Like, here's here's the thing. This this told me three things. This Raw reunion. It told me that uh, they will never, like, look forward. They will only look backward as long as Vince McMahon is alive. It told me that uh, Mick Foley's the shit. <laughs> for, for putting over like new talent because I have a feeling that that probably like was his idea probably and it told me that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is still the best like biggest living wrestling star that there is I know The Rock's huge because he's a movie star and they still have him in his in their pocket for uh, a Fox show you know down the line but like that dude went out there half drunk talking about nothing 
and was over as fuck. And then if you watched the afterwards, like on, I don't know if it was on WWE.com or if I, I just saw it on I YouTube. It was. I didn't see Dude it. was running the ropes harder than anybody you've ever seen run the ropes in WWE. Like just kicking beer cans and just having like a great time. And that's just my biggest gripe, man. Like you had all these viewers, you had almost 4 million people watching your show and those people are not coming back next week, but you could have got them to come back next week. If you just had like, have like the wrestlers come in, maybe even if it was me, this is what I would do. Put them over anybody that would agree to it, which is probably like 60%. Hogan's not going to, you know, take no, a bump, you, look, you know, like you're not going to get a disagree with me on that. I think a problem, a part of the problem is, is it is medical that certain guys can't pass the medical, yeah. but like in the situation with, um, with the AJ versus Seth Rollins match. Okay. OC versus the AARP. The OC had chairs in their hand. Yeah. In their hand. And you're looking across Seth Rollins and six, not geriatric, but let's just go all over the hill. Barely can make it down the ring. And you guys got chairs in the prime of your career. That should have been the Nexus all over again. Absolutely. Womp their candy asses like they owe you some money. That's what I mean. And be done with it. Instead, they ran away like that was a huge threat. They all circled together, you know, hugged up and shit. Seth, poor Seth, on the outside looking in, you know, like, you know, the little brother. Hey, guys, could I get in some of that? No, Seth, you can't get none of this. You know, damn, poor Seth Rollins. He, even when you're trying to build him back up, which that was, apparently, that was the segment was to build Seth Rollins back up. He looks on the outside looking in. He looks like the little brother. And that's a goddamn shame. He absolutely does. He does not look like the face of the company. And that's who he is right now. He is the face of the company. Is he the face of the company now? Do we we really think so at this point? He's acting like the face of the company. He's out there defending the company on Twitter, making himself look terrible, by the way. I don't know if you've seen this shit. No, I've seen it. I've seen a couple of Dude, he looks like shit. Like he's out there calling out fucking John Moxley for taking food out of his mouth. John Moxley is only increasing everyone in WWE's paychecks because he left. So they're offering everybody, they're offering anybody twice the money to stay. Yeah, that motherfucker it, isn't taking money out of anybody's if, mouth. If anything, he probably spurned on a uh, a rash of good or bad signings. We'll just have to figure that Dude, out. Like the, the OC, like uh, the Good Brothers, they were on their way out. They they turned down a half a million a year. So what did they sign? It had to be seven fifty a million. Like for they, what? three, four years or whatever, Braun yeah. just resigned for four years. So, I mean, there's something to be said about that. And, and I don't think, obviously, he's not going to be the first. Damn sure ain't going to be the last. Um, just a couple of things just off the top of my head. Um, Natty versus uh, Becky, that segment on, um, was it a moment of bliss? I get it. You know, it's it's Toronto. It's, it's, Natty home, it's Natty's hometown. But it kind of goes back to what the bigger problem is it's not building the division it's a three or four woman division one of those women isn't even here the other is charlotte becky's the third and everybody else kind of has to fit in where they can get in where they fit in quick thoughts natty versus versus becky i'm wondering if this leads to a ronda return because uh like 
non-kayfabe and kayfabe, like uh, Rhonda and Natalia are very close. And uh, they were actually going to go with a angle, uh, if you remember, like not too long ago, involving them. So Rhonda's kind of like suggested that she would like to be back. You know WWE wants her back for SmackDown. So I could see this leading to that. And if that's the case, that's fine. If not, yeah, they'll probably have a fine match. They're two good workers. But yeah, it's not it's not doing anything for me. I kind of wanted to see Sasha in this spot. Um yeah, who knows what's up with her? Well, we'll talk about that in odds and ends because I was going to say Charlotte is kind of calling out a match where it will be better than her and Ember Moon, but we can kind of discuss that for a little bit. I think that's going to cover it for this portion. Yeah, actually, yeah, I agree with you. Actually, long story short, while I'm high and can't talk for a good goddamn, <laughs> um, I'm with you ultimately. The Raw reunion is nice if you like nostalgia, if you like to see Stone Cold and guys that you haven't seen in a while to come back on TV. Uh, The 24-7 title was probably the second biggest story coming out of this. But ultimately, I'm with Two Beer on this. This should be used to put the current roster over because now next week when these guys are gone you're back to the current roster they didn't shoot one fucking angle not even one bray that's it like and it was what 40 seconds long uh cedric versus drew mcintyre they shot that but that was kind of a um a kind of a like squash current guys you know it's yeah like, uh reigns they Joe. gave us aj versus seth which on paper is great but it was fucking just garbage yeah like, a lot of a lot of guys like you said a lot of current guys but no Current guy going over someone from the past. Joe outside looks of, bad again. <laughs> fucking same damn. old, same old shit. You can already say bad on Monday, bad on Tuesday. All right, fine, fuck it. Let's move on to bigger and brighter things. And that will lead us to our two count. Two count, two beer. Talk to me about the G1. All right, I'm going to run through this just because, like, time-wise, we don't have a lot of time. We had three shows since our last taping. Uh, we had night six, uh, main one being uh, John Moxley defeating Tomohiro Ishii in arguably what some might consider the best match of the G1. Uh, it was fantastic, like, uh, super hard-hitting. Like, these guys got in the ring, had a big match feel. And for those of you guys who don't watch the undercard, like, I understand it's it's a, it's, it's, it's a time commitment. But, like, these guys set this up the night before. And when, as soon as they got in the ring, Moxley headed right, Moxley came in first, Ishii came in after, Moxley headed right for him, and they started, like, you know, four heads together, and this thing started out like a super fight already, and so Ishii doesn't have a bad match, Moxley has not had a bad match, uh, and it was Different than what Dean Ambrose is in WWE. Absolutely, like... This is the John Moxley that I heard about and never seen before, and then now I'm seeing, I'm just like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, Night seven, uh, we had what is my favorite match of the G1 so far, which was uh, Okada versus Osprey. You know, big surprise that these guys put on an amazing match. I was the idiot that thought Okada might actually lose to Osprey, and it would actually be the first time that a junior heavyweight went over the heavyweight champion in the G1. And I thought that they might want to tell that story with Will Ospreay because he seems to be the new Omega. Right. Um, but uh, Okada goes over, and who can fucking argue with that? I mean, Okada is now 4 no, not, not at this point, but I think a lot of people were kind of getting upset about it. 
it's not the right time. When it happens, when it happens yeah. it's going to be perfect. And that's the thing about New Japan. It's like I never get mad about the booking because even if it's not what I personally want, they do deliver eventually. Like it is all done for a reason. It's not just because so-and-so is leaving or like whatever. It, it all has logical storytelling. So when Osprey goes over Okada, it will be phenomenal. It's not if, it's when. It is when. Uh, Ibushi and Sonata had a good match. Uh, Kenta defeated Evil and made Kenta 4-0, which is a big story because now Kenta and Okada are 4-0 and they go against each other uh, next next match, right. which is over-the-top going to be great. This weekend is going to be off the chain. Dude, we've guys. got four matches between uh, like then and now, uh, by then and now being now and the next time we tape. So that's going to be huge. Um, last night, we had uh, Naito defeated Ishii in a phenomenal match. Hey, man. Uh, definitely Naito's best match so far. Uh, not no, he's just, picked it up. Not to- just because he picked up a win, but because, you know, I mean, he had disappointing showing against, uh, he lost to Taichi, you know, like he lost to Yano. Um, oh, he's just had like a disappointing G1. But again, this is like story. And also, Naito can't go out there and do nine fucking matches. This dude's beat up. Yeah, so, I was like, his- say, you know, my boy is going to pick it up. As the story progresses, go ahead. Absolutely, he he absolutely will. Um, and then we also had uh, Jay White and Jeff Cobb, which was you know it was fine. It was a good match. Uh, a little but, underwhelming, I'll say it. Yeah, uh, those guys are both really talented, but I don't know that their styles mesh very well. Um, I thought it would go maybe five, ten minutes longer. I, that was one of the big ones where I thought, okay, this is going to be a match that would be really, really fun to watch, and it just it, it fell short. It went short, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Go Jay ahead. White has the most charisma, and Jeff Cobb is super talented worker, but he doesn't necessarily have like that character work. No, I agree. And so, like, it doesn't really didn't really match up. And then uh, I do like the fact that um, Jay White. The whole time he's been in New Japan is like the ultimate counter wrestler. This dude like always counters your finisher into his finisher. Yeah. So I was like, oh, dude, this guy's going to counter Jeff Cobb's like swinging like Hawaiian tour of the the islands. islands. Like that's a perfect like counter for the Blade Runner. And he did it. Yeah. And so like that was that was cool. Uh, and then John Moxley, Shingo Takagi, which fucking duh. Ruled. Like, go watch this match. Yeah, like, it fucking ruled. It, it was, fucking it was, ruled. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those where, once again, where I'm like, man, I need a cigarette. And it wasn't even the main event. That, yeah. That's what the crazy part about it is. And Shingo tapped out. Like, this is like Shingo's first, time like, that it, I, first tap. Okay, it, I was going to say. It's I don't his think, second or third fall in the entire New Japan run. And it was his first tap. I had to, you know, I was kind of walking away for like five seconds because I thought, the, once again, the match would go longer. And I'm re- I'm hearing the bell and I'm like, what the fuck? And, yeah. you know, Shingo's tapping out. That's what the great part about New Japan is. At least, okay, yeah, I'm going to rah-rah for New Japan for a little bit. I will slam New Japan just like I'll slam anything else. I'll rah-rah for New Japan in this scenario. It went, uh, what is it, 70 plus matches without Shingo getting his first loss. Yeah. And now hit, this is his first tap out since coming into New Japan. It's been about six months. It probably, well, not even more than six months? Uh, ish. Yeah. Okay. Give or take. Bottom line is, is that now they booked him to the point where him tapping out was such a surprise where I had to be like, what the fuck? Did I just hear that shit right? Uh, biggest surprise. To this point, about halfway through the G1. Biggest surprise. Ooh. Um, man. I don't know. Like, it, it's full of surprises. Like, 
I think biggest surprise was probably the strength of the undefeated guys. Okada, sure. Like, but uh, Kenta and Moxley. Right. right. Like, just imagine. Like, just fucking imagine for one minute that WWE did a tournament like this. And they took two mega-talented stars from a rival promotion. And they put them in this tournament. They're jobbing every match. Every Because they got to fucking... Put in their dues, no, right? Put, yeah, prove that the WWE is the superior brand. Instead, New Japan puts them over hard. Yeah, and to the point where now I don't. I'm pretty sure Okada wins this weekend, but I have doubts. Yeah, exactly. Like you have doubts, and you like you want to see, and it gets you invested. And like, oh my god, we have fresh new talent, and they're going over. Like this is the kind of shit that you can't do with parody booking. And trust me, New Japan does some parody tournaments. Like, those are always the ones that... Once it starts to get kind of down the stretch, guys yeah. will trade off wins and losses. I don't have a problem with that because it's we've kind of separate the cream from the crop. Um, I'll just say this, and I know we got to move on. Moxley at eight points, Juice at six points at the top of the B block. Their match is the last match oh, yeah. of the... Tournament. And it's U.S. title. You know, he's got the U.S. title. Okay, so, so I ain't saying. I'm just saying. Now <laughs> take us to our three counts. Three count really quick. I want to talk about Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. For me, this is the only SummerSlam match that I'm invested in. This is 10 years in the making. This is Randy Orton, whether it, this is K-Fabe style. style. Or not, admitting to the fact that, yes, I said Kofi Kingston's not ready. Yes, I held you back. And then ultimately, 10 years later, we have come full circle where Kofi Kingston, probably at the top of his game, easily the best moments in his career. And I will be the first to admit it. I am eating crow as I'm speaking. I did not think that Kofi Kingston would get to this point, much less now being excited about a Randy Orton-Kofi Kingston match. They have done what I've asked them to do time after time after time. A, makes sense. B, connect. Pass from the present. Thoughts on Kofi, Randy? I mean, I think it's good because uh, it's something we don't normally see which is long time storytelling and granted there's like not much in like between but like there's callbacks right? right and I think that's cool and I think Randy could give a fuck for this and actually put out like you know give his good performance because that dude's like amazingly talented like he was actually kind of going back and forth with Will Ospreay uh, no, I saw that. I was on, like, okay, stop, play, stop playing, man. Like, yeah, stop, stop playing. Stop, <laughs> stop playing games with my heart, guys. Like, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I think uh, it's good because uh, even though Kofi has been booked very strong and I like that they've booked him strong and he's going over, he's Troubles in Paradise, uh, one, two, three. Uh, you know, like he's he's going over and he's booked strong. He hasn't necessarily had like great matches right. and he's capable of great matches. Right. But even though he's gone over, he hasn't had like great matches. So I would, I really would like to see him in a great match. So if this goes 20 minutes, is that long enough? 25? I think that's perfect. Give him like 20, 25. Like it's, don't make it like a fucking triple H match. That's like 35 minutes long. Like, 20 25 minutes like a g1 match like have him wrestle like an under 30 like fucking dope match 
I'm not going to sit there and say, obviously, I agree with you totally. I'll just say this. Even though this, once again, kind of fell into WWE's lap, uh, Randy kind of made point of it where he hurt Ali, and then Ali was out, Kofi's in, the rest is history. It still kind of comes back to the initial point of Kofi being held down. Not necessarily, not in this case by Vince McMahon, but, you know, in this case by Randy Orton. This is easy storytelling. And this is what drives me up the wall about WWE sometimes because you want to try to make things just so complicated. And sometimes it's just real fucking simple. You just have to acknowledge what happened in the past. And it might be something that you don't want to acknowledge. Maybe it's somebody from AEW or somebody that's in Impact that's not there now. RVD came over from the Raw reunion. And I said it on Twitter. I was like, okay, well, he's on Impact, and I know he signed with Impact. So somewhere, Impact had to work with WWE and say, hey, it's if okay. He, if he had an exclusive contract, we don't know if he has exclusive exclusivity, but still, he's a talent. Like I saw on the Twitter, uh, the Twitterverse that Impact gave their blessing for RVD, yeah, which to, makes sense. Like it only like boosts their shit. Like right. yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, everybody kind of wins. If you just played ball, I get WWE's the big boy on the block, but we all scream about competition. So here's competition. So you can't have it both ways. If we're going to do something like a Raw reunion or Kofi versus Randy, there's things that have to be acknowledged from the past, whether we like it or not. In this case, Kofi comes out ahead, and now we fast forward to SmackDown. Joe, God bless him, loses to Kofi. Well, I shouldn't even say that. It becomes a no finish where Randy interferes trying to put the RKO on Kofi. Kofi gets out of it. You know, they kind of square off and whatever. Hey, God bless Joe. He's coming up. Oh, I'm going to get you some. There's your RKO. Look, if you're not going to use Joe, just fucking release him. All I can say is if this. If he wants to go. Well, it, he might not. He might be fine with it. When it comes time to re-up, I would. Okay, fair enough. If it comes time to re-up. Just let that man go about his business if he wants to go. If not, if this is a situation where it's like, say, the Good Brothers, I think this is more of a family issue. My family's secure. They want to stay here, blah, blah, blah. Okay, stay home. But if not, let my people go. Damn, Joe ain't done nothing. <laughs> Shit, he's just trying to win them fucking world title like everybody else. Let my people go. I'm just saying. <laughs> and now for uh, three counts. F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 South Hampton. Check my boy Mike out. He's been there for about almost two, three years, about the length of the podcast. It's the best burger that you never had, that you probably never heard of. But now that you heard it, go take your ass down there on the corner of Southampton, 3453 Southampton, F&B Eatery. Tell them JCB Century. Go ahead, Zach. It's a I'm burger sorry. that's already smashed, but you're going to want to smash it again. That's what, that's my boy. <laughs> this is banned from ringside. Colbin, yeah, so I just wanted to holler about Dragon Gate real quick. So... I've watched like a few matches of Dragon Gate like here and there, uh, you know, just caught them like on YouTube or like whatever, Daily Motion. This is the first uh, start to finish show that I've watched. 
I caught uh, Larry Dallas, who's an independent wrestler and a Dragon Gate wrestler, uh, and he's also uh, the guy who was the color commentator for English commentary on Dragon Gate for their 20th anniversary show that happened uh, a few days ago. Right. And I caught him on the uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, and this dude, like, convinced me to, like, watch this show. And, uh, like, I'm not disappointed. Like, I'm so glad that I did. So this is their first English commentary show, which I think helps a lot because he did a fantastic job of, like, giving uh, the history of these wrestlers and uh, the factions because it's a very faction-oriented uh, promotion. Oh, shit, I'm loving it already. Dude, it, it's phenomenal. Like, I'm subbing to Dragon Gate, like, network because this is the wrestling that I want to see. Uh, th- what did you say the the analogy was? If it if it was marry- like if New Japan Wrestling had a baby with PWG, like that's that's this that's Dragon Gate Wrestling. So brief history of Dragon Gate uh, for you guys. So Ultimo Dragon, which you, we all know and love, right. back from the Nitro days. I used to play as Ultimo Dragon on WCW, like <laughs> Nintendo sixty four. Like he was my dude. No, nah, he's a bad like, And yeah, amazing dude has the the still holds the record for most championships held. The ten championships. Uh, anyway. Uh, he started this promotion uh, 20 years ago. They had He did five years, and then uh, he left to go to Mexico, and he took the trademark and everything with them, right. but there was people that stayed in Japan, and they kept the traditions and the training regimen and the match quality and, the, and everything. Um, they kept that, and so for the last 15 years, it's been Dragon Gate. So uh, this show was... Phenomenal. I mean, like, not every single match was amazing, but I was entertained the entire time, and most of them were great. We had Ultimo Dragon actually on the show as nice. a reunion. First time he's ever been in Dragon Gate. Like, this was crazy. So he had a, a great tag match, like, mixed tag match um, with, like, his protégés, like, Dragon Kid and these guys. And dude's no spring chicken. He's 53 years old. And he gets done and he does a speech and he says, he says, I'm 53. He's like, I'm going back to Mexico next week. He's like, I don't know that I'll ever be back here. And it was the first time and everybody's just chanting and loving it. And his protege is like, get down on their knees and beg him to come back. And they're crying in the ring. And like everybody like in the fucking place is crying. They went Ultimo Dragon back here again. And he finally <laughs> he finally agrees like to come back. I say you better. You got all these motherfuckers crying, <laughs> dude. It was so good. And we had uh, this uh, this match between like su- two super workers that I've never seen before in my life. But it's one of my matches of the year. Uh, Shun Skywalker, who I love because his last name is Skywalker, of course, and uh, KZ. Uh, two different factions. These guys put on a fucking clinic, like easy five star match, like just and it was mid card. KZ wrestled Pac at one point, correct? He has, yes. Um, and then, of course, Pac versus Ben K, which was the heavyweight title match. And these guys did a great job of like telling the story. So apparently, Ben K, uh, he was in the R.E.D. faction, right? So R.E.D. Uh, lost a cage match, and they had to excommunicate one of their members. So they picked Ben K because they thought he was the weakest member. Oh, damn. They beat the fuck out of him. Pac is part of... R.E.D. Whenever, right. he, whenever he came back as a heel uh, to Dragon Gate after his WWE run, he joined R.E.D. as a heel. So they beat the shit out of Ben K. And so this guy, his name is Ben K, which is like a famous Japanese warrior who defeated a thousand enemies and, and took a thousand swords and forged them into like one sword. So like basically this guy gets booted out of his faction, weakest member, goes on to go undefeated in 
their version of the G1. I think it's called like King of Dragon like tournament. Right. Goes undefeated, 7 and 0. Last match defeats his former faction leader, which they actually replayed during the intermission. So, uh if you're watching live, uh you don't have to sit through intermission, you get to watch the last match. So this guy does that and then he goes on to face Pac for the Open Dragon Gate Championship and these guys have a hell of a match and he uh, is now basically the new ace of Dragon Gate. And I've only been watching this for one show, right? <laughs> one show. And this, like, I'm like, I'm like, I've got, I'm like full of exposition here, but this is the storytelling that they right. gave me in five hours. Like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not Googling this shit. This was five hours and like, they were able to tell these stories that I'm telling to you in five hours. So like, dude, like, if you like New Japan, if you like PWG, uh, check out Dragon Gate because like, these guys are, fucking killing it okay see that's what i'm talking about it's not always wwe centric around these parts speaking of Pac, i want to flip it to AEW. their announcement october 2nd set date they're going to be on tnt starting at eight o'clock eastern to 10 uh 8 to 10 eastern standard time so essentially that as it stands goes directly against wwe nxt now i'm putting you on the rug if you had to choose to watch one or the other on october 2nd and you can't watch the other which do you watch uh, it's got to be AEW just because it's history making and it's new and exciting. Uh, I love NXT. I love it, but I'm going to watch AEW. Okay. All right. No, that's fair. Fair enough. Thoughts on, um, I, I kind of, I got to straddle the fence on this one. It, it hurts because I want to watch <laughs> AEW, but I'm such an NXT guy. I, I love NXT. Thoughts on the Brandy Rhodes uh, comments about hiring uh, 544 women, uh, diversity, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't see that. Uh, you mentioned it to me beforehand, uh, which is super interesting. Uh, I mean, like, it was kind of an abrasive statement, but uh, it's understandable because Vince has a type. You know, Lacey Evans wouldn't be in the position she's in if Vince didn't have a type. Like, she's good. Is she main event good? Not yet. Where is Lacey Evans, by the way? I don't know, Baron Corbin's trunk. I don't know. See, you're wrong for that. <laughs> Flip it to NXT for 30 seconds. Um, NXT this week, we had Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano set their stipulations for the best two out of three falls match. Johnny Gargano wants a street fight. This is his specialty, obviously, against one Tommaso Ciampa. Their legacy, their feud is goes without question. There's nothing else to be needs to be said. Adam Cole goes with a regular wrestling match. Going to both guys' strengths. Knee-jerk reaction to the stipulation and what possibly could happen. The third fall would be up to Steven Regal if it gets to a third fall, which you know it will. Thoughts on the stipulations? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is... Uh Kind of surprising because it is a, a little bit of going back to the well for NXT, which is not common. Um, we don't see a lot of repeat stuff. Do you think this has anything to do, and I thought the same thing, but then I was like, okay, but I think part of this problem is that the main roster did it so many times in a row, back-to-back weeks, sometimes in back-to-back matches. Yeah, they were doing it because of like uh, like commercial concerns and stuff, but like it's really interesting because... Uh, I mean, granted, this was what some people are calling like 
the best modern WWE match, like the best modern WWE match. It got five and a half stars, like from Meltzer, you know, you know, take that for what you will. Uh, and it was a phenomenal match. So like, I can see it being like, let's do it again. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that's kind of what I, I'm, I'm a little bit behind on my NXT, like uh, watching because of the G1 and because I'm like branching out and watching this other Japanese show that I'm really into. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, uh, so I, but that's my knee jerk reaction is they're kind of going back to the well because they, they don't necessarily want to pull the trigger maybe on a Matt Riddle or somebody just yet. Right. Two things and we can go first. Uh, Dream Riddle. I'm sorry. Dream Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn seems to be a thing. I shouldn't say seems to be a thing. Is a thing. Triple threat North American title match. Thoughts? I'm going to nut. Charlotte versus Trish. I'm going to nut. For should different th- reasons. Should this be a match? <laughs> should it be a match? Be I don't question. know, man. Like, I don't know. Like, it's whatever. Like, at least, like, they don't, they're not pigeonholing Charlotte in the title picture again. They're giving her, like, you know, a, a, a legend to go over. You know, like, as long as she goes over, you know, it's fine. But we'll see how Charlotte it, how it needs goes. to go over. If you were going to do it and you didn't want to put Sasha into the title scene right away, Trish and Sasha had a little. I guess, crossing of the past during evolution where Trish yeah. kind of mocked Sasha. I know it's not a lot, but I mean, if we're doing callbacks and we want to do these callback things, I think that was something that you could have did and didn't do. I think the triple threat, the NXT match is going to be absolutely off the chain. It's going to be a sleeper, and sleeper got hit. Sleeper hit, maybe NXT match of the year, maybe overall match of the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is where you see Dream drop the title to God go to forbid to go to the main roster. So... Damn. Thanks, guys. That's I got it? I got I got a piss, so thanks guys. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> for Shock City Studios, check. For Sam Namar Mall, check. For Soul Taco, check. For FNB Eatery, check. For uh JJ Twigs, check. For Schlafly Pale L, check. For uh Lucha Chris, check for Bill, check for Zach, who's in the bathroom, check for Becky Balboa, I love you, babe, check, and for your boy, JCB, holla at me, Buddha!